What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of Talk to Us Nice. You're listening to your hosts, Mika and Kelsey. What is really good? How's your week been? My week's been really good. Did you know that a year ago today we had Friendsgiving? I didn't know that. Wait, where'd you see that? On Instagram. Oh, that's really cute. Yeah. I didn't know that. I was like, oh, friends. <laughs> that was so fun, too. We had a really great time. We had so much fun. Like, it was people we barely get to see, and it was cute as fuck. I was texting Darrell, and he goes, remember when we made everything with nuts? And I asked for allergies, and nobody told me that you were allergic to nuts. <laughs> Well, also, you didn't tell him. <laughs> I didn't. I don't know. I just thought that everybody knew. I thought it's like a personality trait about me. No, it's not. It's not. But you know what? I digress. And I made it work. Mm-hmm. And we had that whole fish. Yes, that fish was fucking bomb. It was so good. I can't even remember which fish it was. It wasn't Branzina. I think it was a Doversol. Look at me. Look at you. <laughs> What'd you guys have for Thanksgiving? Turkey? Losers. <laughs> Come see what we had. I remember we had a really pretty charcuterie with like all these meats and cheeses and ugh. Jams and honeys. Shout out to Marjorie. She made Shout that happen. Shout out to Marge. Yeah, that's right. I was just in charge of the margaritas. After like one round, I was like, you guys can do it yourself. <laughs> I'm over it. <laughs> I was in charge of drinking myself. Like, yeah. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore. <laughs> I said, I have three bottles to get through. Let's get it started. Exactly. How was your week? My week was, what happened this week? Does time exist? I don't know. Um, I guess it went okay because I don't remember anything (laughs) significant. (laughs) Genuinely can't think of anything to spotlight the week. Oh, I filmed this weekend. (laughs) Yeah, I filmed this weekend and it was the first time that I've been on set since all this started. Everyone had to give me their negative COVID tests. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I felt real comfortable. Now that everybody, everyone was really sweet, they all took it. It got either text to me the picture or emailed to me, which was very nice. And yeah, it was a good day. I love that for you. COVID is very real. And people yeah. should be responsible in getting tested frequently, especially if they're going to be seeing me. I hope everybody's okay during the holidays. I'm a little nervous about how high the number is going to go up after Thanksgiving and then after Christmas. And God knows people are going to be tonguing down on New Year's. So we're not going to see those numbers lower for <laughs> a really long time. God bless America. But speaking about the year, just in general, I was watching this video from this New York City comedian. Her name is Robin Shaw, and she had found this list or entry that she had written in her notebook. And it was back from 2019, and it was a very optimistic list of goals for 2020. And my heart hurt for her because I, too, bought my first planner, and I don't even know how many years I finally bought a planner, so excited to start the year, just like planning out all of my goals and how I wanted this year to go, you know, spelling is a spell. Always write down everything that you want to manifest for yourself. And here I am. I bought this planner ready to just write all my dreams. And she wrote one out as well. You could tell she was drinking a little bit of wine before she found it. And she just cracks up hysterically as she's reading this list out loud because 2020 sure as hell got rid of every and anything that she had on this list. So her list was, she wants to make more money. She became unemployed. (laughs) Same sis. She wanted to travel more. She wanted to lose weight. She wanted to be more social. 
she wanted to cry less, which my body, the way I have to put a certain amount of water into it because of how many times I cry is just actually crazy. And her last one actually broke my heart, but she was busting out laughing, which, you know, of course, especially when you're in that mood and you're reading this list and it's just like, what the hell is actually my life? So her last one was spend more time with her grandma who actually passed away this past year, but she just starts like hysterically top of the line, Joker style, cracking up as she's <laughs> reading this list. And I don't know anybody who could not relate to everything she just said. Dude, this year took away so much for so many people. And yeah, I fucking made myself a nice old list too. I said, I want to work out more. I was like, I'm going to start doing two-a-days at the gym. I'm going to cook for myself. I'm going to go to Oktoberfest. Like I had all these fucking plans set for Mm -hmm. myself and I was so ecstatic to get them done. And the joke was truly on all of us. I I watched the video over and over again, like maybe like five times because I was just like, this had to be, most of the people who do do things like that, Mm -hmm. those are, it's fairly general enough that you're just like, yep, check, check, check check and this is just a harsh reality of what is going on so you know we're praying that 2021 is going to be better but it's all we can do it's all we can do that's all i'm going to write in my entry praying for the best signed sealed delivered that's literally all i have that's all i gotta give right now (laughs) i'm exhausted i'm just gonna put what i always put and just be happy and happiness for my friends and family and that's fucking it. Because <laughs> <laughs> That's always my wish. Oh, man. Maybe I shouldn't have said that. <laughs> I like my birthday when I'm blowing out candles. <laughs> oh, that's a like, lovely thing. Happy. Just yeah. like simple. <laughs> because a lot of people wish for things and then when they get it, it doesn't turn out the way they want it to. So I always just keep it simple and I'm always just like, I just want to be happy. Yeah. I want my family to be happy. I want my friends to be happy. Just happiness. <laughs> That's always. I maybe want to be ten pounds lighter. I don't know. Is that pushing it? Like, but that would make you happy. But that would make me happy. So, so. that falls under the umbrella. <laughs> That's literally why I keep it so general all the time. I just want to be extremely happy. And if that means losing twenty five pounds, then yes, then let yes. that happen. Praise. Thank you, universe. Thank you for hearing me out. Blessed be. <laughs> and other news we got our girl summer walker who is pregnant is she really yes she is pregnant by who other than london on the track but (laughs) they are just so volatile i just feel like they are on and off so much and it's like how we usually say these couples that very publicly disown their relationship and their significant other, and then get right back together with them. And her and London have done this multiple times, especially recently. And now she is pregnant with her first child. I believe that he has two other children, but you know, she's happy. Once again, blessed be. Blessed be. And at the end of the day, that's all you can really hope for. It's just that Mm -hmm. somebody finds this level of peace and happiness in whatever they decide to do. Uh, a child is not my go-to to find that out. But you know yes. what? Say lovey. That's other people's journeys. Loving. <laughs> <laughs> I'm still at that stage where 
I I do adore children. I love playing with them. I love having them worship me and think I'm the coolest person in the room and then dip. And they're so devastated that the coolest person in the room is going. I love that feeling. (laughs) (laughs) But I am not ready to have one of my own. God, no. Yeah, let me have a baby in this three-bedroom Bushwick apartment that I share with my roommates. That would be super chill. I think the fuck not. I think the fuck not. (laughs) Just new, new all around. The other thing, I kept seeing it all around. And I I already knew there was going to be a Gossip Girl reboot happening. I keep seeing everywhere people having to defend this new cast of Gossip Girl. And the only reason why I'm bringing it up is the reason why everyone is needing to defend this cast. So with this cast, it is a cast that has a lot more diversity than the original cast did. Um, I think they had maybe what they had Izzy, who is one of Blair's henchmen who was black. And they had one of her other henchmen. She was a person of color as well, but a main love interest kind of thing. I think they had Tinka Sumter for Nate in like season five of Gossip Girl. Don't ask me why this is just in my head. She would never choose him. Nate was hot. What are you talking about? Here's the thing with Gossip Girl. I did watch, but I never finished because it came on at the same time as like other shows I would watch would come on. Mm -hmm. So I would just kind of be stuck going back and forth between both. And then just like all CW shows, I always fall off the wagon because Mm -hmm. it just gets a little too Too much. It gets a little too much for me. (laughs) It gets a little too CW for me. That happens with literally every single CW show. I don't know what it is about the writers rooms on these shows, but it always goes really well and they always grab the audience and you are personally invested in this show and then I feel like they just decide to say, "Hey, you know what? Fuck this. Let's go crazy. Let's just do something crazy and see what happens." And I hate it every time. Yeah, so a decent number of people on the main cast are Black. And people are saying they don't look expensive enough, which don't even try it because if you know half of the rich kids that go to these art schools or even go to these prep schools, they look exactly like these pictures. Your problem is the color of their skin. Don't even get it twisted. That is what that is called. No, that's the fucking tea. That's the tea right there. And it's just all these... I'm just like, don't even feel like you have to defend it. it. one, HBO is for the Blacks. I need y'all to understand that. Please. They are for us. They want us to succeed. And so, yes, there's a multitude of people of color in this show. And I could not be happier. The cast looks dope as hell. Like, they look so cool and fashionable. That's yeah. how I know it's simply because there's, like, four people of color in it. And so they're just, oh, they don't look expensive. These kids look very cool, first of all. I'm looking at a picture of them right now. Shout out Thomas Doherty, you f- white angel you. I have such a fat crush on him. And you know what? Hopefully this show won't get canceled like Hulu did to High Fidelity, where we also got to see him. No, please don't mention High Fidelity to me again. You know I loved that show so much. I, I'm still so pissed about it. Jake Lacey, I don't even know what it is. He's just an average mediocre white man. I don't know. <laughs> I think it's just every role that he plays, he plays like the sweetest mediocre white man. Yeah. And so I'm just like, oh, what a sweetheart. My roommate and I are watching, like I've said on previous episodes, re-watching Girls, and we finally got to the season mm. where he gets introduced. And Hannah is such a dick to him. 
And I'm like, just such a dick anyway. He's such a dick anyway, but his name is Francis. He's like a prep school teacher. I'm like, this Mm -hmm. is too cute. You're too cute, man. I love that. I love it. Well, we have a great episode for you guys. Stay tuned. So we have been blessed, blessed and highly favored to see the beautiful Fresh Prince reunion. I mean, everyone, including OG Aunt Viv, was there. But of course, it was minus the late and great James Avery, rest in peace, but and marked their 30-year anniversary. And the only way to describe it was the three words that they also say in the show, which was revolutionary, hilarious, and poignant. It was just everything that I needed to see. It was such a great example of how our reunion should be done. I said, everyone take notes because there is a reason why this show worked for so many years and was so impactful on pop culture. And it's just the best. Like, there's not enough words to say. I love The Fresh Prince growing up. I Mm. did not realize it was that long since it's been on. Honestly, I was such a punk. I started tearing up for like within the first five minutes because, you know, I'm a sucker for nostalgia. The nostalgia is real. You forget how much things mean to you until it's thrown under a different light. Because I would see that the Fresh Prince would be on TV and I'm like, oh yeah, like I'll watch this episode and I'll be fine. But watching that reunion, just remembering what it meant to me back then, seeing Tatiana Ali this just beautiful, dark woman. Just in general, just seeing a Black family on TV that way, just in luxury. Because I feel like for some reason, people of color, or let me just say Black women, are not seen to have luxury or that they deserve luxury. There has been trends going around where Black women are purposely placing themselves in pictures of luxury because it's what we deserve. And there's still trolls and everything under it. And I'm like, for what? I will take this picture with a towel over my head like I'm in some spa. (laughs) And put the Vogue filter over it. Yes, I will. Yes, I will. But to see a family in this capacity was very different back then. And it was great. It was just great. I, as a child, felt such a deep connection to Hillary. (laughs) (laughs) I said, this girl cannot fathom why things don't work out for her because she deserves the best. And I was like, you know what? Me too. I see that. As a kid, I felt it. I said, yes, big Leo energy come through. So you're Hillary adjacent, heard. Hell yeah. Like, Mm -hmm. I, I did vibe with Ashley just because we were closer in age, but no, Hillary, for me, I said, yes, she's living a life, a luxury that I strive to obtain. Full speed ahead. But they also, they brought up their audition videos, which was so cute. Seeing Carlton with his, you know, those eyebrows were done. Those were freshly plucked slash waxed eyebrows and his voice just the tone of his voice and the inclination in his sentences but he wore a tracksuit which would just cracked me up so precious yeah will talks about his interview process was literally at quincy jones's house during his birthday party which mm-hmm. i thought was so it's so crazy because you don't think about how situations are brought up in your life and you really have to just 
grab a hold of it because you don't know when it's going to happen again. Mm-hmm. Like imagine he had been like, you know, I actually can't audition for you because I'm not ready. And what if the show just either never happened or happened with somebody else? It happened with somebody else. It would have been completely different. And I really appreciate the authenticity that this show brought to these characters. And they had also mentioned that on their days where they would do the blocking and the rehearsals is when they really got to have a creative voice in their characters and what mm-hmm. they brought to them. And I think that's really special to have. And it paid off, obviously. Yeah. Even Daphne Reed mentions how there's a scene where I guess Ashley speaks out her mouth to Uncle Phil and she's like, this wouldn't happen. In our culture, she would have seen God. (laughs) That does not happen in Black families. So it just brought a realness like, yes, this family is very well off. They are very rich and wealthy. But at the end of the day, they're still Black. And she would have gotten her ass beat. So please take this line out. But I love that they made sure that there were still different dimensions to these Black characters, wealthy or not. And they all had different things about them. And the actress who plays Hillary also mentioned how they wanted to make her into this strong Black woman. And she was like, no. She was like, it doesn't happen for a lot of people some people stay flawed i would rather her character stay who she is to her core which you know she did grow here and there she wasn't like completely ridiculous but she's like this is who she is this is what she likes and some people stay flawed they don't change i really appreciated that because i was like no she's so self-centered like this is hillary to a t Yeah, it would have been great to see that character development, but also at the same time, that was always going to be Hillary. And it's just really nice to see also that James Avery had such an impact on everybody filming and just who he was and how, I don't know, he was just, he was Uncle Phil. He was everybody's Uncle Phil. Everybody remembers the dad episode and Uncle Phil speaks that truth to him. That gets me mm-hmm. every time. Hashtag daddy issues. Yes. I 100% cried again at that. <laughs> then cried again at the James Avery tribute. <laughs> I was kind of like sobbing the whole time. I just, I love that it brought a cultural reality once again. When you see the clips, when Will gets shot for Carlton. When Jazz doesn't want to put his hands down in the courtroom. When Will and Carlton get pulled over. It's like all these things that, Even some of the writers were like, oh, you know, this wouldn't happen. And they're like, yes, it does. It happens all the time. And this show was written how many years ago? And it's still so freaking relevant right now, Mm -hmm. sadly enough. But you rewatch those episodes and it's always kind of just like this. Oh, my God, this is happening. This is what reality is, even though the show was from decades ago. And it's sad It's very sad, but to see that the show can transcend through all of these years and still make you feel like this could happen today, not even just with all the cultural stuff, but seeing a family of wealth, seeing like their interactions together, it just makes you feel kind of like home. Yeah. And for Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, the audience interaction and getting the feedback and when they would always kind of break the fourth wall to look at the people and say now you know we're fucking with you Mm -hmm. and you felt it you were like yes absolutely I see you we are simpatico baby (laughs) (laughs) like that part where Carlton runs through the crowd and everything (laughs) for sure for sure lost it and when they talk about which we'll get into but 
the Aunt Viv switch up, mm-hmm. how that just happened in the middle of a very successful show. And when they mentioned it, like, yeah, the audience was laughing because obviously these two actresses couldn't be more different looking than each other or on the opposite sides of the spectrum. Come on. But the thing was, I didn't realize that the second Aunt Viv was offered it first. I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. But she just heard that the show was going to be with the rapper and she was like, no child, no thank you. And so when things fell through with Janet Hubert, they decided to bring that one in. Which I really like that he said this reunion wouldn't be complete without having her here. Mm-hmm. And it was really nice to see a public apology. Apparently she deserved. <laughs> she absolutely deserved that. And I think it was just such a raw and honest moment. It was like, I was threatened by you mm-hmm. and you had to go. And now that I'm older and now that I can appreciate what the show has given me and I didn't know how much pull I had back then, I think it's big to own up to your mistakes. Yeah. And it was also that he couldn't understand anything from her point of view because mm-hmm. he didn't have children yet. He doesn't know the toll divorce takes on you and all of that so he just he wasn't very empathetic when it was all happening he was apparently 21 when all that started coming about and they have run each other's names through the goddamn dirt through all of these years she's written how many books about him not about him but has mentioned him multiple times in her books and the thing is she mentions it he ruined her career by saying she was difficult. And that is a very, very big and disruptive label that you can give women of color or Black women in Hollywood. Because it didn't just happen then, it still happens now. Even with one of my faves, Nikki Bahari, they did that to her when it came to Sleepy Hollow. And I remember loving Sleepy Hollow. And I was just so happy to see a Black woman, a darker Black woman, as a lead of like this action, like sci-fi-ish type show. And then they killed her off. And then you find out that she basically didn't work for a multitude of years because the writers and producers of Sleepy Hollow had labeled her difficult. It was this whole situation of her being sick and wanting some time off and then like this whole push and pull and they labeled her difficult. And so she kind of just retreated into herself. And we find out from the reunion that Janet Hubert had to do the same exact thing and couldn't get any work afterwards. It's really unfortunate. Like Black women are going through issues just as much as any other person. Times 12. And to label somebody as difficult to work with is a career killer, obviously. It happened to her. It is the kiss of death. And it's just like, we are allowed to feel the way we feel and you should have the tools or just have the common sense to just recognize that, yeah, we're not okay and we're trying our best. And maybe instead of reprimanding or putting us down, just, I don't know, maybe just ask. Just ask how we're doing. I'm sure if they had sat down with Janet all those years ago and been like, hey, is everything okay? Because we sense this and the show is feeling it. I think it would have been a completely different conversation. And she just needed help. She was a mom. She was in an abusive relationship. Mm -hmm. And this show, as much as it was her career and her life, it was an escape. 
for her. And yeah, those feelings will travel with you at work. You know, that whole saying, leave your feelings at the door. Sometimes you can't. And I think it really would have been a lot different had they just had the decency to ask what was Mm -hmm. going on instead of just assume. My worry about it is that she said that they had offered her some abysmal deal and she couldn't take it because of her family issues and all that. And I don't know if Will heard about what it was and just, you know, was 21 and just didn't really understand the impact that something like that could happen to a person. I was just like, no, replace her kind of thing. Yeah. Because it just seems kind of ridiculous. Like, yeah, maybe the cast didn't know, but if someone's offering you this and you're telling them no, I'm pretty sure she told them the reason why she couldn't, unless she kept like did half shoots on telling producers and all that as to why she couldn't take that kind of a deal. We don't know, but it's just devastating that that sort of thing happened. Because when they were showing the clips too of OG on Viv, she just had this certain elegance every time she walked into her room, the way her chin stayed up, her shoulders were always back. Her outfits were exquisite. She just looked so eloquent. Even when she was tearing somebody apart, it's like she never lost that air of just, I don't want to say superiority because that's not what it is. No, just a level of I work to get where I am and you're going to respect me. Exactly. Like, give me my respect. And that was just the one thing that the other Aunt Viv just didn't give me. I'm sorry, OG Aunt Viv's dance scene Woo! lives rent-free in every Black person's mind ever to exist like that scene when you think of the fresh prince that scene comes to mind for me every time because she owned that shit i love the fact that she faints outside the door too i'm just like real the realist please don't make me do this again (laughs) i love it so much and now that we see this beautiful apology and reconciliation that her and will have we got a comment from monique as probably most of you know monique She's had her own problems throughout the years after she won her Oscar. And it's just kind of been this back and forth of people not really having her back, the people she expected to have her back, especially in Hollywood. And she's now demanding an apology that she feels that she's rightfully owed. So this is what she wrote. Hats off to Will Smith for apologizing for what he did to Janet Hubert's career and life when he was young. Perhaps Tyler Perry, who has admitted in private that he was wrong and will follow suit and be man enough to apologize in public like he promised, will work on Oprah and Lion Gates later. She also added, P.S. Tyler Perry, you won E-People's Choice Awards for being the people's champ for your body of work. Tell the truth about a woman named Monique who did nothing wrong and be a champion for the individuals who supported your career for years, the Black women. So apparently he did say in private that she was right for, you know, doing what needed to be done. She didn't, I guess, publicize Precious and then once again put the label of being difficult on her, which has affected her career. There's no doubt in my mind. Once you win an Oscar, so many doors open for you. So many doors. It's not like any of the other like smaller awards and you're just like, oh, where did they go? Even Matthew McConaughey, who used to be like the king of the rom-com, was just like, I ain't doing rom-coms no more. I have an Oscar. So there's no reason as to why she wouldn't have a plethora of things opening up for her, especially from that great performance that she did in Precious. But she was labeled difficult 
And Monique also had sued Netflix back in 2008 for alleged race and sex discrimination when she said that Netflix lowballed her on an offer to produce a comedy special. And she expected people like Tyler Perry and Oprah to come out to her defense. I remember when she had that interview on the Steve Harvey show and he was just like, I'm not affecting the money that comes to my family to have your back. And it's just, that is a lot of people's mentality. And it's not right. Because I feel like, once again, Black women always uplift and support Black men. It's even with stupid Terry Crews when Gabrielle Union had his back when he was saying all those sexual allegations that were happening with him and everybody was laughing at him. She had his back. And when she needed him to have her back, he became a coon. I will say that word. Don't care. That's what I label Terry Crews as. I mean, because he is. Because <laughs> he is. Exactly. Oh, my God. When Terry Crews backed up, who was it? Was it Chance the Rapper? I can't remember. I know I tweeted about it. And I was just like, when you act like a clown, you get clown friends, dummy. (laughs) But yeah, it's just, it's this, this continuous cycle that always happens. And I feel like everybody's always going on and on about, yes, we have to protect our black women now and in this climate and they still aren't doing it. They still aren't doing it. Just do the right thing. It's not that hard. Own up to your mistakes And what I really appreciated about the Janet Will situation during the reunion is she was being tough on him. Yes. She wasn't saying like, okay, you gave me this apology and you know what? No, it's okay. Like I understand. She said, you fucked with my bag. You fucked with my mental. You fucked with me. And you need to understand that your actions had consequences. And that's what we're seeing now with Monique. Like give her her damn apology. Same thing with Gabrielle Union. When she was talking about all that nonsense happening at America's Got Talent and how they were treating her and everyone turned a blind eye. How dare you? How dare you replace our queen? How dare you? But in conclusion, that Fresh Prince of Bel-Air reunion just really, really just made me feel great. And you just need these sort of things, especially with how tough the year has been, to just bring you joy. And this is definitely one thing that brought me a lot of joy. Family news. Dwayne Wade, Mike, and Boozy. So this is all coming up again. Back in February, Boozy went out of his goddamn way on a long, rude homophobic, transphobic rant about Dwayne Wade's daughter, Zaya, who's 12 years old, transgender. And listen, my thing about this, everybody has their own opinions. They have their opinions about everything. And we know that, you know, the world is evolving. People are expressing themselves in ways that they've never expressed themselves before. And you can choose to support it or not. Choose to believe what you think is right or wrong. A lot of people, even those who aren't transphobic or homophobic, don't think that it's right that they let Zaya choose this when she's only 12. People have different levels of acceptance. We can't judge how long it takes people to accept things. My huge issue is you are a grown-ass man tearing down this 12-year-old girl for something that is none of your goddamn business. One more time. With something that is none of your goddamn business. Like, I just, I one, I can't really stand Boozy anyway. So this just really, it's not even like hitting the nail on the coffin because the coffin's been sealed. So I guess it's just like, 
you're stomping on the dirt that's put on top of the coffin. I don't know. Can't really stand him. That's always been my take on him. But the things that he says is just so freaking ridiculous. So the reason why we are bringing this back up is because he had an interview with Mike Tyson back in, what was it, October? Yeah. And Mike Tyson does question him about this. And everyone knows Mike Tyson. He's legendary. And he asks, why do you say things about people who might be homosexual? Why do you say that about them? Do you feel there's a possibility that you're a homosexual? And by disrespecting them, you further yourself from being a homosexual. I'm thinking you may like homosexuals. And Boothie exclaims that, you know, he's straight as an arrow. And Mike responds, if you're straight, then why do you offend people? And he said that he was really commenting on Dwayne Wade's situation and how he got offended because Zaya is a child. And that's why he got offended off of, you know, a child that is not his in any way, shape or form. But he was offended. He said, if it was a mother effing 19 year old, 18 year old grown person, I know I wouldn't have said anything. I just felt like that's a child. A child at 12 can't make that decision. That's just how I feel. And certain things I talk about, I just feel like that was going too far. You calling him a her that's going too far at a 12 year old. So Mike responds, I agree with you 100%. Me, I agree with you, but check this out. Who the fuck am I to say anything? What I think don't mean a motherfucking thing. And he's right. You can have your opinion on how old, how this, how whatever. That is not your family. I don't understand what made him think that he had the right to so publicly announce him being offended at somebody else's whole ass family. Truly makes absolutely no sense to me because mind your goddamn business. How do you think that you have the audacity to even voice your opinions on how someone else's family is run? At all. At all. Like we live in such a world right now where everything is constantly changing, evolving. People are becoming more accepting. And think of how many people saw Dwayne Wade and Zaya and Gabrielle Union come out and say, this is our fucking family and I'm damn proud of it. And they had the courage to do the same. Mm-hmm. I will never know what it's like to question my sexuality because I've always felt like I was a girl. But if I felt differently, who are you to tell me that I can't make that decision for myself? Who's going to make it for me then? So then who's in charge? And I was talking to my mom about this a couple months ago and I was telling her, I said, I wonder who... I could have been if I was always allowed to be myself. I grew up in a very predominantly white town, white neighborhood. I didn't know that people, when we moved in, three families moved out that same year. I had no idea until I was older. And I never fully felt comfortable with being myself because I have white friends. I go to a white school. Hollister is in right now. And the black kids I grew up with lived on another side of town. And if you like didn't live there then they thought that you were too good for them. Like that, or that's how my experience was. So I don't really know who I could have been because I never felt like I had the space to be myself. So at 12 mm-hmm. years old, Zaya knows who the fuck she wants to be and that should be celebrated. I think so many people go through the same experience I had or have gone through similar experiences where they just don't feel like they have the space to be themselves. And no, you absolutely do. Yeah. And I think for Mike Tyson, 
when you first think of him, you don't think that this man is going to be an ally to the LGBTQ plus community. But here he is telling Boozy about himself. And I love that he said, what happened to you that made you think you can comment on someone else's life? And sometimes you have to say you're wrong. Yeah. And I watched her interview and just to see him trying to connect on this man with so many different levels of like, I understand how you grew up. Yeah, because his mom said the same thing to him. Mike's mom said the same thing to him. Yeah, you have to overcome that because then what the hell else are you doing with your life? Mm -hmm. Like you as a 38-year-old grown man have no business about what Zaya does with her life. And don't you dare come for Kavya's sister ever again. Kavya said, I will not stand for this. Shady Baby said, shut your mouth or get gone. <laughs> I love the Wade family. I just imagine if all the people in the LGBTQ had parents or family who accepted with open arms so quickly the way that Dwayne and Gabrielle have. I just think that it is so beautiful and I don't understand how people can be mad at a man who just loves his child. Like the amount of slack that Dwayne Wade gets for just simply loving his child blows my mind. And you can agree or disagree about the age thing, about when you know and all this stuff, but you can't deny the fact that him accepting his daughter so early and never making her feel like she needed to doubt whether or not to tell them is just beautiful, especially for a Black family. Absolutely. I love them. And I think that it's beautiful. Yeah. Like you said, to accept your children for the way that they are, because at the end of the day, that's all we want. We only want to be accepted by the people that we meet in our lives. And at 12 years old, to have that overwhelming support from your family to just do you is all you could really ask for. But the reason we do bring this up now, we're not just all of a sudden bringing up old news. Dwayne Wade had an interview with Central Avenue and they brought up the topic again about Mike Tyson's podcast interview. And, you know, he just expressed his appreciation for how Tyson handled the topic. So he said, I actually talked to Mike about that earlier in the pandemic. We had a conversation and I really appreciated it. He's one of those people that he's so smart. He's so educated and knowledgeable about life. And for him to drop that nugget onto the world, to me, it was great to hear him say that. He says, despite what Boozy said, he doesn't really take it to heart because he understands that everyone has their own path, their journey towards accepting things. And he's never come out and said anything to anybody that feels a certain way about you know him or someone else in his family or his loved ones because they don't know them and they don't know his heart and they don't know Zaya. And that's on period. Now, the moment you all, but mostly me, have been waiting for, Michael B. Jordan, you know, just my future and shit, had this interview with Jimmy Kimmel, which I just thought was just wholesome. He came out in this tan turtleneck, this brown pant, just looking nice. Sorry, I'm being so sleazy, but I just love him so much. Um, he went on to discuss getting the cover for The Sexiest Man Alive, which Jimmy mentioned 
a multitude of times, which rightfully so. He deserves all the praise that he's getting. Well-deserved, honestly. Well-deserved. Jimmy brings up the picture that Michael B. Jordan posted when he tried to get people to vote, which, you know, I was going to vote anyway, but, you know, if I wasn't, that would have gotten me to the polls. And Jimmy also took a very similar picture in the same fashion in his office. And I guess his assistant was in the room and he was like, it was just an HR nightmare. I don't even know why I did it. But he speaks about working on his new movie that he's going to do with Denzel, who, I mean, especially me as an actor, if someone told me that I was going to work with Denzel or Viola or Octavia, I would collapse on the ground. But he just talks about all the nuggets of wisdom that Denzel always has and is always, you know, leaving the whole cast and crew with. They talk about how he found out that he was the sexiest man alive. He was like in the car with his friend and his friend clowned him for it afterwards. But then they also talk about the one, I don't want to call it flop because I still would be with him if he still had it, but that quarantine mustache that he had on his face that I wasn't, you know, a particular fan of. <laughs> Jimmy jokes that he was having a, you know, mustache off with Steve Harvey, which that is not the person that I want my man compared to. MBJ's is top-notch. I would prefer that over Steve Harvey's situation for a, a multitude of reasons. It was a little too thick for me. But he's back, he's back to normal. He's back to normal. I like some hair. That was just, that was an excessive amount of hair. Cause it's just, I looked at it and I felt like it was going to be rough on my hoo-ha and I just wasn't happy. I heard that, chef. But he, he was just saying how he's never had time to actually sit in one place and grow out his facial hair because of whatever movie or something that he would be doing. So he just wanted time to have where he didn't have to have it groomed or manicured or anything like that. So quarantine was just the time that he wanted to see how much hair he could actually grow. So I hope he's gotten that out of his system. But he also named it Murphy, Murph for short. I've never been so happy to see someone go. But the only thing that helped it make sense was that Jimmy said that he could probably make $250,000 a year if his mustache had an OnlyFans account. And then Michael. What did he say? He left us with a gift. And he said that he's, he said that he's actually starting one, but all the proceeds are going to go towards a barber school because during the quarantine um, so many businesses and schools have shut down. And Jimmy asked him if it was a real thing. And he said, yeah, they're in the process. So y'all, guess who's signing up for OnlyFans, <laughs> y'all? My money's gonna hate me. My bank account's gonna call me. <laughs> I just want to know what kind of content we're going to be getting. I mean, from that one Instagram picture telling us to vote. This is OnlyFans, baby. We know what the OnlyFans is for. <laughs> I feel like he's going to read, like, Eat, Pray, Love naked. I'd still love it. Yeah. I'd still love it. I play the audio in my head, on my headphones while I go to sleep. He's going to get so much of my money. Honestly, can't wait because I'm going to be using your account because I won't <laughs> sign up for it. But I want to reap the benefits. I got to. I got to. I'm so happy. So thank you, baby, for just blessing us with this gift. Can't wait to see. What I mean, I already know what it looks like. <laughs> <laughs> but you know thank you thank you thank you so much also last week in the news scott disick's babysitter's club is open once again 
ages 19 and below only. <laughs> and he is now linked to Miss Amelia Hamlin, who is Real Housewives of Beverly Hills alum, Lisa Rinna and Harry Hamlin's daughter. And they're dating. And I don't get why, as a 19-year-old, you want to date somebody who has 18 years of experience on you, plus three kids. I just don't get it. I used to think Scott was very hilarious. His personality literally would just crack me up from what I saw on TV. Like, I know he had, like, his own demons, his own issues, but just, like, the character that was portrayed on Keeping Up with the Kardashians, like, all the quotable memes and all that stuff really did tickle me. But I I just don't understand why a 19-year-old... He's not hot enough for me to be like, oh, yeah. And also, she's rich already, so it's not like she's dating him for the money. I'm just very confused as to why she's like, yes, I want Scott Disick as my main event. Don't get it. It's like the whole Leonardo DiCaprio thing. He doesn't date anybody who's over the age of 23. And it was cool when he was part of the Pussy Posse back in the day for Hollywood, but now it's just creepy. It's creepy. It's weird. Like, when he first started dating Sophia Richie, the whole world was said, weird flex, but okay. And they dated on and off for three years. Not me. I was not part of that group. But they I was dated. like, yo, Lionel, you let him date your daughter? <laughs> But then I guess she aged out. That's exactly And right. <laughs> now Amelia's dating him, which she has a lot going on for her already. So I don't really understand why she said, I want to date an almost 40-year-old with three kids. And Mason is 10. So the fact that there's only a nine-year age difference between her and Scott's oldest child is crazy. Amelia, honey, please. Honey, if you're listening, don't. (laughs) Ring the alarm. Ring the alarm. It's just strange because even with Leo, like, I'm pretty sure he's older than his girlfriend's dad. It's like, why? Why? Why is this continuing to happen? And we're just like, oh, okay. I guess that's that. But the reason we do bring this up is because Amelia is the sister to Delilah Hamlin, who is dating Love Island alum. You guys know we love Love Island. Dating Love Island alum, y'all. And this is where this story begins. So we have Megan from, I hope you guys remember, season four of Love Island. Dated y'all for a little bit. Finally told him, like, this is just a physical attraction thing. We obviously don't mesh on anything outside of that. So what is it that we're even doing? And broke it off with him. And he was left gobsmacked because he couldn't believe that she was the one to turn him down. And I guess Scott finally met y'all through like a double date with the young sisters and decided to watch what y'all, you know, claim to fame was. Watches it. And private messages, Megan, and she puts it in her story because obviously if Scott Disick's writing you, I would put it in my story too. Oh yeah. She probably thought it was like a whole different scenario as to why he was writing her because he first starts it off like this. Hey, I recently saw your program, Love Island. I had a few questions for you about it. Let me know when you're around to speak about it. So she's probably like, oh my God, Scott Disick's sliding into my DMs. Maybe he doesn't care about that 19-year-old and he wants some older kitty cat. And... He responds, I was recently introduced to a beautiful man named Dial. You know, when he went on the double date with his 19-year-old girlfriend. I just need to clarify that again. Yeah, confirm one more time. 
when I went to see what he's done on TV, I was astonished by your behavior. To find you mugging him off, one, he's clearly Love been it. watching. He's watching. clearly. <laughs> to find you mugging him off and taking full advantage of his unbelievably beautiful sense of humor and vulnerability. I'm extremely disturbed that anybody could be so disrespectful to somebody for no good reason. I would like to know if you'd be willing to write him an apology. The fact that you told him he wasn't funny, when in fact you are not Jim Carrey, is absurd. The most chaotic GM. Literally (laughs) mental illness. Like, I just don't... What brought this on? Because here's the thing. I think if as a fan watching the show, we are obviously like, what the hell was that about? We want to know. I would jokingly slide into their DMs. I slid into Jalen from Love Island season two US and I said, what's good? I hope things don't work out with Mackenzie. You're hot. You know, it's just, it's just funny. And the fact that he was like, no, this is business. We're getting down to business and you need to give my boy Eyal an apology when this has happened over two years ago. My thing is, is Eyal talking crap about her still? That's what I'm wondering. What the hell? What type of date was this? What type of group date? I would love to know. I would really love to know the group date situation behind this. Who brought what up? Is Eyal still torn up over Megan? What is happening? It's all very concerning. I just... I'm baffled. I'm gobsmacked that he had the nerve to write her this. And obviously she's like, I'm not often left speechless, but sorry. (laughs) What have I just read? Genuinely a little concerned about Scott though. And rightfully so, because that is ludicrous behavior. I just don't know. 2020, just another thing to just throw in the gears. Strange. Especially because Eyal and Delilah have dated for... Over a year now, I would Mm -hmm. say. Well over a year. When I first saw, because like I said, I'm very invested in the Housewives franchise. The Beverly Hills Housewives are, I would rank in my top three. So finding out about Delilah and Eyal, I said, oh my God, my two worlds are meshing together. My love for Love Island, my love for Housewives. Especially since Eyal has been off of the show for years now. Years. And looks very happy. From what I can tell from his Instagram and Delilah's, they vibe very well together. They're both extremely hot. So Scott, where do you where do you think that you have the right to mansplain Megan's own personal and actually lived experience with y'all and demand an apology? But it's also like if you watched it, then you obviously know that her and y'all don't belong together you know that they don't and she didn't do anything wrong she didn't do anything wrong i mean when i was watching the season i was like whoa but i'm also like she's so hot i would have done the same thing if i looked like megan and i would have tested the waters with as many people as i could have it was the way that her and Wes went about it that i didn't like but she doesn't owe anybody an apology from four years ago when they both said they were over it. But I really think that maybe Eyal was saying some ish at dinner or something. I truly believe that. So like, Scott, now what? So now what? <laughs> Just damaging. Where do we go from here now? Because... Just strange and unusual. And just stop dating little girls. Stop dating children. That's our advice to you. I can't root for you. I can't root for this. I can't. Does Courtney have to say? Well, Probably Courtney... nothing because she lets her children hit her, so I don't know. 
Well, Courtney apparently came out and said that she doesn't mind as long as it doesn't interfere with their co-parenting. But he just added another kid to the mix. So what now, Court? Now you have a stepchild. (laughs) Your children have a stepsister who the dad is tonguing down and I'm very concerned for their well-being. And that's all I got to say about that. And now for this week's episode of The Bachelorette. So Tasha Tuesday is here again, my favorite day of the week. And it just brought nothing but entertainment, hot clips, great quotes, more nonsense, and I'm overjoyed. Honestly, yes, the episode was completely full of nonsense. That's the best way to describe it. That songwriting challenge was so mean, but like gave me everything I needed. The simple fact that none of them are into music or want to be a musician, have a mixtape, is a producer, (laughs) turned me the hell on because I don't know how many dates that I had to sit through someone trying to play me their mixtape where I had zero interest in listening to the trash. Truly. And I was actually honestly really surprised that none of them had any sort of vocal range, like at all. They were all toned up. (laughs) They were so toned up. All completely tone deaf. I don't know what Blake was doing. Riley thought he was a beat poet. He didn't put any effort into it. (laughs) Bennett turned into Malibu's Most Wanted. It was so cringy. But of course, the winner got some one-on-one time with Tasha. Ivan ended up being a winner. I know I called him Brillo Padhead. I still stand by it. (laughs) I'm not taking it back. I said that with my chest. But this episode... He has exponentially grown on me. Oh, yeah. He killed the challenge. I was watching it with my roommate and her boyfriend, and they were like, oh, why do you still hate Ivan? Because I was, like, giving him shit as he's killing the competition. I just didn't want to accept defeat. But no, he really grew on me. He's a sweet little baby. I think he just reminds me of, like, somebody's cousin. He looks related to Tasha. I can't unsee it. So I don't want them together, but I love him in a way, like, Oh, protect him. He's precious. Not in a, I think they're so hot together. This relationship turns me on. They look related and I can't, I just can't unsee it. Yeah. And they had a really cute stay at home date because hashtag quarantine vibes, but it was cute. The floor is lava. They ate the world's biggest ice cream sundae. They had an outrageous pillow fight. Like, those pills were ready to go. Yeah, they truly have run out of date options. (laughs) Not saying that this wasn't cute, because it was very cute. But I was just like, wow, y'all got nothing. No date ideas at all. Once she said the floor is lava, I knew what we were going to get into. It (laughs) It was just comical. Um, also, Damar slid in that shade about JPJ. There shall be no JPJ slander. I refuse. <laughs> I rebuke it. Yeah, that went over my head just because I'm not super involved in Bachelor Nation, but... Mm-hmm. JPJ was the guy that she left Bachelor in Paradise with. Oh. Yes. Well, she didn't leave with him. They had, like, this back and forth thing, and then you see in the finale that she goes to see him to get back together. It was like this whole big thing. But, you know, they ended up not working out. But back to Ivan's date, their conversation was probably the realest conversation ABC's The Bachelor has ever aired. And my only thing is, while I'm very, very proud of them for having this sort of situation and conversation on air, 
because they have been known to stay silent on a lot of the big issues on shows like The Bachelorette. And I get it. Like they want it to be like just light, fun, whimsical and all that. But when your contestants are going through the real things, it's important to bring up. I feel like it was kind of manufactured and engineered into the episode purposely, especially with all the crap that they got for not having a Black bachelor, for only having one person of color as the bachelorette. Yes. But I do think their stories were real. Them editing it into the episode seemed a little shaky, but... I'm happy that they did. Yeah, no, it was definitely very powerful and moving because this is really the first introduction we're getting to Ivan. We really have no idea who he is. He's just like been this guy in the background saying like, I'm going to hurt this person because I can't get my time with Tasha. Mm-hmm. You know, he's like the silent but deadly bully. But no, it was really nice to see him talk about his family and he has had experience with his brother being in jail and they brought in the George Floyd. So yeah, it did seem a little orchestrated, but I think it was an important conversation to have nonetheless, just because you got to think of all these people who watch The Bachelorette, like in all middle America. So I, I think it was an important conversation to have and Taisha was losing it. And I don't blame her. If you really sit down and think about it long enough, you could cry too. Yeah, I think everything that they were saying was real and genuine to them. I'm I'm not saying that like the bachelor producers were, like whispering in their ear like oh make sure you talk about that. that was a lot of- <laughs> BLM BLM yeah. <laughs> Especially with the stories of her saying when hearing it made her cry because these are people that she's tried to fit in with, and you know she grew up in Orange County. Yeah. The way that she gasped when Ivan said that he was called the N word and she said no just proved how sort of sheltered she has been from like the actual drama and situations that happen in the outside of the bubble that she's grown up in. But yeah, it was a very needed conversation. I respect them for bringing it up. Ivan putting up that picture on Instagram though, saying for the culture. Sorry, I cackled. I cackled. It wasn't like even like a picture of their conversation and him saying for the culture. It was a picture of him like with the backward hat, just like <laughs> the chain around his neck with the fist saying for the culture. And I just, I lost it. Cousin Ivan strikes again. Their date was really long. It was. I feel like it took up a lot of the episode. It was a really, really long date. But then we have the next group date, which we get a little competition. She brings in Becca. She brings in Sydney. Becca was a previous Bachelorette, and Sydney was her best friend from the season that she was on and Mm. on Bachelor in Paradise. I love how they kind of just (laughs) secretly had Becca come in after the whole serious BLM conversation happened. Because I don't know if you know, but she and her fiance that she, you know, met on the show, they broke up over differentiating views because he's very much a Blue Lives Matter person. Oh. Yeah. Like I remember he did, he posted this long, huge paragraph. He has family in the police force and no one's saying that everyone's bad, but this is the sort of job, like you can't have bad people in it. It's literally meant to protect and serve. Yeah. Like, you wouldn't go to a bad doctor. Right? So we're, like, we're not saying shame on you and shame on your family for having been cops for decades. But he's just like, I have to stand by this because I have family 
in the police force and I know their heart and I know them. Blue lives aren't a real thing. They can take off their uniform. Shut up, Garrett. Let me not get into it. And <laughs> you know, fake Black Lives Matter post. He just had like the fists in different colors. That was literally, that was like the caption. That's the tell for the people who don't really care, but they don't want to seem like they don't. So they just put the fist up or they did. My personal favorite was, I understand that I will never understand. <laughs> that one really got me over yes. the summer. <laughs> yes. So Becca does a podcast with Rachel, who's the first Black Bachelorette, and they ended things. Um, they haven't outrightly said it's because of that, but everybody knows it had a huge part in it. I won't say it was completely, but everyone was just cracking up on Twitter about how she just conveniently came after that conversation instead of like, it being like... Hey guys, what are we talking about? Finding love? That's what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> so the guys come in on the next group date. The ladies are all there. They're going to play Truth or Dare. They have them do some crazy stuff. It was outlandish. Like that orgasm challenge. Like I said, I was watching that with my roommate and her boyfriend. And it felt like I was watching a sex scene with my parents. We were just like, what? is happening <laughs> i didn't even feel uncomfortable for me i felt uncomfortable for them because kenny sounded like a wounded animal i would never want anyone on top of me sounding like that i don't care if my wop is absolutely phenomenal the best <laughs> wop you've ever had i don't want you to sound like that while you're on top of me. no all of them sounded gross i said none of you guys sound sexy None this is not something so I want bad. whispered in my ear. Like, no. If those noises came out of a guy while we were having sex, I would be genuinely concerned for their health. It was so strange. <laughs> it was kind of like that scene in Easy A when the first time she's like faking having sex at that party and the guy didn't know how to moan and she had to like punch him in the stomach and cover his mouth <laughs> to actually get it out. They sounded pre-punch. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine Tasha just came over and like socked them all in the gut real quick and said, now say it with your chest. I want to hear it. She should have. It was weird that she, Becca and Sydney were watching it from so far away. I didn't really understand that. Was it like a COVID thing? No, they all do you think before they get on, they all have to be cleared. Otherwise they wouldn't even let her near Tasha. So it's definitely not that. So it was just strange that they had to just sit very far and put on binoculars. I was like, oh, they just didn't want to be involved (laughs) they said said, this challenge is stupid we'll be over here and then they had the truth portion even before the the truth the habanero peppers oh yeah those white boys were choking they were pissed poor Kenny (laughs) was actually going to throw up I actually felt pretty bad for him I feel like he went through a lot this week with his group date challenges and he was choking. He was trying very hard not to, but he was not okay. Yeah, that was really to weed out the lames in the group. They said weed out the week. It was very reminiscent of Evan and Carly when they had to eat a very, very spicy pepper. I think it was like the spiciest chili or something. And then they had to kiss for a whole minute and there was just so much saliva and just that's just not saliva because they were like swapping tongue like saliva because they were 
so much their mouths were salivating from the heat it was so gross yeah i think those are mean yeah (laughs) so now we get to the truth portion um everyone answers their questions and you know who who was it that won i honestly don't remember who won that challenge right um everyone everyone gets their like time or whatever bennett talks to her about being engaged then leaving the wedding and Zach, Zach is just, he's Mr. Cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Super chill. I still don't know how I feel about Zach. I think it's, I don't get fanny flutters when I look at Zach. I can understand people do find him attractive. He's a really cool, he's more mature than a lot of the men there. He just doesn't give me fanny flutters. Yeah, I just don't care about him. <laughs> Real Jersey voice. I'm like, you sound like most of the people I went to high school with um and so after everyone gets a little bit of time and all that bennett thinks that he has it in the bag he is like i just shared a huge part of my life there's no way she didn't feel the connection the way i did and you know she does that thing that i love how she mentions multiple people before giving one person a rose i love that i love it i love it too make the pain cut deeper When she says Zach's name, Bennett's face just drops. It collapses in itself. Mr. Harvard said, you know what? Nice guy's over now. We're done with him. He was so freaking pissed. And then we have Ben. Physically, I love looking at Ben. Ben's tall. He's cut up, shaped like Thor. Love it. If he does not stop whining, I could not get over it i'm just like ben you're so worried about going home you are six three you are so built you are beautiful she's had conversations with you before yes she was a little disappointed that you did not step up on the last date there are so many other men beneath you here that him just complaining and whining the whole time was driving me nuts it was such a bad producer edit of him. That's all he talked about the entire episode. And I'm just like, yo, I'm so sick of hearing you talk. Where's some action? And then we finally got some when it was the classic, who's going to get to Tasha first? Is it going to be Ben? Is it going to be Ed? I said, what in the hell is going on here? That was genius. That was genius. You know a producer told Ed to go the wrong way. You just... <laughs> You, know, you can't help but admire the craftsmanship of the Bachelorette team. <laughs> oh, no, that was like reality TV gold to set up this scene where both guys really want to get that time. And then you see Ed get to the door first and you're like, damn it, I wanted it to be Ben. And then Chris Harrison goes, excuse me, it's 2.30 a.m. And then I'm like, wait, what time? What time? does Bachelor Nation, like, work in? What time zone are they in? And you know Chris was in on it. You know Chris was in on it. He's so chaotic. I can't even take it. (laughs) I think that's the one thing I do love about this quarantine version of The Bachelor. I feel like you're getting so much more of Chris and his just chaotic, neutral personality. (laughs) It's like, do you want to come in for a drink? Chris, you knew he was coming. Stop acting like you were shocked. <laughs> no, Chris, you put on your best robe and you took out your finest reserve red and you guys got down to business. Like, that's not you're not fooling us. Like at 2.30 in the morning when I'm answering the door, I am bonnet. I am t-shirt is skewed. 
And I'm like, what the f- are you doing at my door? He was just like, <clears throat> he tried to sound tired. He tried to put the tired in his voice. And it's, it's 2.30 in the morning. So you're not fooling anyone. Comical. Just comical. Straight up gold. So Ben finally gets his time. Thank God. Tasha says she forgives him. They make out. They do all that. He gets room service to her house, which I also thought was a nice touch. Hell yeah. But what the cherry on top of the Sunday is, he didn't tell anybody. Whew. So sexy. You know I love my business to stay in my business. <laughs> he didn't tell anybody in the house. So they're all like rooting for him when, you know, the cocktail hour is coming and he stands up right away and he's like, oh, I was hoping I can talk to you. And they're all just like, you go, Ben. You get your time. You know you're so disappointed about not getting your time. Not knowing that boy was grounded with Tasha. It was so good. Like, there's nothing sexier than a guy who can keep a secret, especially to a bunch of different guys that you're, like, stuck with. And Ben said, I'm taking this to the grave, and I'm going to go get my girl. And you guys have no idea. The other reason why it was such a turn-on is that it was so smart. All these guys always play out all their cards and put it in front of everybody. And he realizes he would get so much crap if they knew that he did that. So much shit. And yet, time and time again, people always rat themselves out and wonder why people are pissed at them. So I just also thought the intelligence behind it, you go, Ben. The emotional intelligence behind it. The emotional intelligence. I just, we'll get into that later. <laughs> And now we have Noah, who last week I did defend Noah. You know, we see the previews. We see that they they try to play him as the villain. But everyone thought Bennett was going to be a, a villain in the beginning as well. I never trust the previews fully because they always try to play tricks with your mind. But I truly do believe Noah will be the villain this season. Oh, hell yeah. He stirred up that pot with his strong arm. <laughs> Big old pot of gumbo. Literally just a blatant exaggeration of anything that happened or that was said to him. Not thinking that Tasha was going to be the boss ass bitch that she is. He's like, this, this escalated a lot more than I thought it would. Like, it got oh, away from him. Thing, that thing. Ooh, yeah. It definitely got away from him and he ruined a lot of people's nights. What do you think about the conversation? I know, Ed. I just don't know why these guys continue to start drama. Like, start drama the right way. They all go, go about it the wrong way. They all go about it by attacking her character and her decision-making. And the minute you try to plant a seed of doubt in a girl's mind, she's going to lose it, regardless of what the hell, what any type of conversation that may be she's going to lose it Mm -hmm. so i think if he had played his cards right and it just talked about the guys talking about each other instead of bringing her into the mix i think it would have been a much smoother night but no as soon as you said that she said you guys are doubting my intentions brb i have to go plot she will not stand for it at all and i love it she is right now i know it's very early in her season but she's top two bachelorettes for me of like all time. And I've watched a lot of the seasons. 
I just think that she's just been joyful, happy, giddy when she like needs to be, but she's also just like reined it in. I know what I'm here for. If you guys don't step it up, if you guys don't get it together, if you guys think that I'm being disingenuous, you can get the fuck out. She said, there's the door. I'll walk you to it. I will walk you (laughs) to the door, she said. We stand a Virgo queen. Same day as Beyonce. Matches the same energy. Yeah. I like that. I liked it. And then all the guys are like, hey, uh, did something happen in anybody's uh, conversations? And then all fingers pointed to Noah. You know, he, <laughs> he said it so slowly. <laughs> me. So long pause before he finally <laughs> said me. Oh my, because he knew he was in for it. Yeah, they already want to beat him with a bar of soap and a sock. You know, they want to hold him down and get him good. Mm-hmm. For a multitude of previous reasons, and now this before a rose ceremony, Most no, of them didn't get any time. It was actually so messed up because there was no truth in it. He said, based on what you guys said, it implied this, and this is what I told her. <laughs> and it's just so crazy. It's so crazy. I feel like one day we need to have a full on like episode just for the bachelorette because i know that we do condense it a bit and we can talk about it for a really long time but this season deserves that (laughs) we're gonna try to get a guest on here and just have a full-blown episode just dedicated to it don't hold us to that we're just talking it It demands it at this point Mm -hmm. you know noah stirs everybody up easy i don't even know how easy got into the conversation like why Noah was pointing fingers at Easy, but Easy was about to climb over that couch and beat Noah up, beat him up. And Bennett was just not having it. He said, This is what it feels like to argue with a 14 year old. I'm not here to breastfeed Noah. <laughs> Bennett with the one liners. I need him to make it far in this season because he really cracks me up. I can't wait for him to be on Bachelor in Paradise because we know Bennett's not winning. I cannot wait for him to be on Bachelor in Paradise. He gives me very much like Jordan and Demi energy. Please watch the episodes of Bachelor in Paradise so you can get that <laughs> that reference. <laughs> so the rose ceremony comes and I try not to judge my girl Tash because I'm here for everything that she wants, but Ed? Really? Over Joe? Really, Tish, baby? That hurt. I was not happy. I couldn't believe it. Chasen went home, which I don't really care for Chasen. It's not like I was so ecstatic. Um, he kind of definitely was in the background this episode, too. So was my baby Brendan. I didn't like that. I needed more Brendan time. Needed more Brendan time. He was rambling once again. He can't help it. He just wants to talk to his girl. She's like, shove your tongue down my throat. Like, stop talking. <laughs> Apparently, they played a little game of basketball, but they didn't show it. See, like, why not? Right? Because he put up pictures on his story of, like, him shooting a basketball into a hoop. Because I guess he played college basketball. And Of course he did. But, yeah, they didn't even show it. Rude. That's twice now. You didn't show me any of what Brendan created. For him and Tasha to, like, get along and have fun with. I'm going to write a fucking letter. We should write a letter. The ABC. I'm going to say, stop showing me what I don't need to see and start showing me 
more Brendan. You literally could have cut at least five times of Ben complaining and whining that he didn't spend time with Tasha and use that to show Brendan and Tasha's basketball tiny date. Like, I did not need to see that throughout the entire episode when it was your own damn fault that you decided to go last. Whatever. We get the preview. We see that it is Noah and Bennett on the two-on-one. I love a two-on-one because it's just sometimes it's one person going home. Sometimes they're just like, I'm not feeling either of you, both of you, gone. I cannot wait to see the end result of this because I'm sorry, but Bennett said the kiss of death. He said emotional intelligence. And the last time that happened, that girl got sent home. I'm just saying. She said it on the two-in-one as well. So it literally just gave me goosebumps. I was like, oh my God, is this going to be a repeat of history? We'll see. You know what? Maybe our Harvard grad did do his research. I know. When, I, when <laughs> Becca and Sydney came out, I'm like, these boys don't know who the hell they are. They've seen nothing. They've watched nothing. There was no like, oh my God, I can't believe it's you. Like, you're here. They have not seen one season of The Bachelorette. <laughs> <laughs> they had no clue who those two even, were. Even I knew who Becca was. I didn't know who the other girl was at first, but when they said Becca, I went, oh, I think she was a previous bachelorette. Mm -hmm. She had an interesting story. Yeah, please. They did not. They had no clue. It definitely went over their heads. But I'm so excited for next week. I cannot wait to see the two-in-one because they seem to be bickering the entire episode next week. So you know we're in for drama, and that's what we signed up for. We love to see it. We love to see it. But yeah, guys, thank you so much for listening to the episode. Please email us once again at talktousnice at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at talktousnicepodcast. Check out our website at talktousnice.com. Tune in. See you next week. Bye, guys. Bye.